Welcome to Drinks at Work from Boothby. I'm Sam Bygrave. Today, I'm talking to Jordan Blackman to get the answers to the question, just what is it that a group beverage manager does? Jordan is the group beverage manager for Sydney's Odd Culture Group and has spent the last decade working in and running some of Sydney's best-known bars. And in this episode, he tells us what goes into a group beverage manager kind of role, how he got to the job, and plenty more about the kinds of decisions he needs to make week in and week out. He also talks about the type of people who are suited to opening venues, and we even break a little bit of news about what's next for Odd Culture Group. So now, my chat with Jordan Blackman. Jordan Blackman, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work by Boothby. Hey, mate. How are you? Thanks I'm for having very, me. I'm very well. It's good to see you, my friend. You too. It's been a while. Has been a while. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I'm, I'm looking forward to the chat because we're talking about uh, a group beverage role. Yep. I, mean, I haven't really spoken to many people doing that role at the moment. Uh, you've been kicking around the Sydney bar scene for quite some time now. How long have you been in the industry for? It's a good question. Um, a little over <laughs> 10 years, I reckon now. It's hard to say. I kind of lost track uh, track of time after what, the last few years. Yeah, once you get over 10, you stop counting, I think. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Ballpark, yeah. So so very briefly, what, what exactly does your role entail as a group beverage manager? Sure, yeah. So a group beverage manager, quite a few things. Um, I mean, obviously, anything to do with beverage, I deal with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so not necessarily like a group bars role. It's probably less service focused than a group bars role. Right. Um, probably break it down into, you know, three different areas. Like there's definitely the operational side, which is more cost analysis, stock control, um, you know, establishing KPIs, policies and procedures and whatnot across the group. Um, yeah. Different venues. Um, then you've kind of got the more creative side of things where, you know, it's curating wine lists and beer lists, um, cocktail lists. Um, doing tastings, you know, keeping up with trends and, you know, well, not just keeping up with trends, but hopefully establishing some as well. <laughs> um, and then, you know, working on events, whether they're, you know, sponsored events with brands that we work with or creating our own. Mm. Um, and then the kind of, I guess, more people and culture side of things where it's, you know, a bit more training, training programs, team building, right. um, you know, putting together an outing where we go visit a distillery or a brewery and hang out and, you know, get to know each other a bit better outside of work. So, yeah. It's a pretty like all-encompassing role. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like and... like the big host, the big uh, hospitality groups back in the day would have a purchasing manager kind of role. Sure. It sounds similar to that, but it seems like more dedicated on 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 drinks and I guess the team stuff as well. Yeah, like it's pretty like flexible in a sense of, you know, we kind of created the well, the role was not built before me, right? So we kind of had to figure it out as we went along. Mm. Um, you know, it's like something comes up and it's like, all right, whose wheelhouse is this? And it's yours. Um, <laughs> right. You know, because this is a relatively new group, right? It's an odd culture group that you work for. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Can you new. tell us about the group? Yeah. Um, so it kind of, you know, its origin would have been, you know, back in the tap house. So tap house in Darlinghurst. Yeah. Um, so owner operator pub with um, James Thorpe, who's the CEO of Odd Culture Group um, now. So we started with the tap house, um, just had the one venue for a little while, um, mm. opened a little bar inside uh, the tap house in the middle level called Odd Culture. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just kind of a little concept bar that we've been working on for a while, you know, focusing on the wild side of beverage, whether that's, you know, sour beer, lambic, um, natural wine, uh, and, you know, everything in between. Yeah. And then eventually took on the Oxford Tavern uh, a couple of years later. Added that to the portfolio, I guess. And then at the kind of, oh, it's hard to say timeline exactly, but after when we took on the Duke of Enmore, parted ways with the Tap House and then established ourselves as Odd Culture Group. 
Um, so James is the the CEO, and we yeah we've got the Oxford Tavern, the Duke. Um, took on the old Fitzroy in Bulamaloo, so pretty iconic club down that way. Um, opened our own um, venue called Odd Culture, which is you know the flagship venue of the group now on yeah. Street in Newtown. That was the first venue we'd started on our own rather than acquiring right. one, yeah. um, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and a little bottle shop two doors up as well. And so, what does a typical day slash week sort of look like for you? What are you you in meetings most of the day? You're on the phone. Well, how- yeah, I'm sure um, no I'm sure no day is the same. But. <laughs> no, not really. Um, which I guess, you know, one of the reasons it's exciting and um pretty yeah. dynamic role. Um I am based in an office now, which is weird to think about still. Um so <laughs> our, our little head office is just above the Duke in Edmore, which is you know, it's it's good being near tap beer in an office. Um it's quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, most days I'll kind of start my morning in the in, in head office with the with the head office gang, catch up on emails. So usually it's you know checking the figures from the night before, reading end of night reports from the um, from all the managers that closed at all the venues, right. just seeing how trades kind of tracking along on a daily basis, um, seeing if there's anything that needs you know urgent attention, um, yep. other things that can be on the you know the the to do or Sunday lists. Uh, yeah. And then essentially kind of building a priority list for the day, whether or not that means I need to, you know, head out to one of the venues and, you know, address a few things, you know, in, in the pubs or in the bars. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, knuckle down, use the, the big monitor in the office and, and smash through some uh, some more emails or, you know, whether it's auditing stock, uh, stock take or um, going through invoicing or, you know, one of the many operational things that I need to tick off the list each week. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty flexible in that way. It's 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 definitely more of a, a like like I said before, office role versus a service focused role. Like yeah. I still jump in every now and again when I need to, but I found that the work has kind of dictated more of a somewhat nine to five, more probably more of like an eight to eight. But um, <laughs> uh, it's never in, it's never full day walker hours, is it? No, no, and I think that's just what my body's used to. But you know, to be fair, yeah. I'm, I'm usually in bed by like ten ten thirty these days, which is quite nice. look at you. I know. You're right? Becoming an old man now, my friend. Right, stop me. Yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> so, so what's your origin story? How did you come to be in this kind of a role? Because you, you worked in, I mean, you've worked in a lot of venues around Sydney over the years, I think. Yeah. Um, some, as, some as bar manager, uh, but usually uh, single venues. Sure. Yeah, I've, had, I've worn a few different hats, I suppose, over the years, which has definitely, I guess, helped, um, helped me kind of, you know, Fill, fill these shoes like it's it's a pretty mm. intense um pretty full-on role um and i guess without those different uh varied experiences i would have you know potentially drowned um, <laughs> so i guess yeah the the kind of where i started was you know uh the loft back in the day on king street wharf um yeah you know the old keystone group which is you know pretty iconic at the time yeah um yeah so i started there i think it was around 2010 give or take just as a barback um just working at working nights while I was studying um, at uni. Sure, you know, like everybody to... else sort of does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a typical um, getting into hospitality story, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just you know one of those things. Instead of trying to you know get a law degree, it's oh no, this is really cool. I'm getting paid to party and get yeah. some cool booze and meet some cool people. Um, so yeah, yeah, kind of very quickly stopped uh, caring about studying, <laughs> uh, picking up a few more shifts, uh, eventually just, you know, kind of made a decision that this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, so I was there for a few years, worked with some pretty amazing people and, you know, some um, uh, pretty 
like men, like mentors, I guess for me, um, sure. you know, people like Jason Williams, who, you know, is in a, or was in like a similar role to what I'm in now, which is yeah. pretty cool to look back on. So yeah, I was there for quite a few years and then eventually took yeah, a few different kind of small bar management roles, whether or not they're called, you know, general manager, operations manager, bar manager. I mean, when yeah. you're working with smaller venues, quite often the titles are relevant. It's just, you know, you are <laughs> a manager and you do the things. Yeah, um, you do, yeah you're doing everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, you open your clothes, you do like everything, rostering, ordering, all that. Um, so, you know, yeah. you get kind of thrown in the deep end with those, I guess, smaller bar roles sometimes, especially when you've got little to no experience like I did at the time. Uh, and mm. you learn by making those mistakes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I've gone from, you know, there to, you know, had a restaurant experience to, you know, a bit of, you know, pubs, a bit of every everything in between, which is very helpful now being in the role that I'm in now because our venues are quite varied. Mm. Yeah, despite being a, you know, cohesive group, each venue very much has its own identity. And when you, you were working at the Tap House when yeah. these guys took um, it on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I came on to open um, the little odd culture in the middle level. Um, right. So, yeah, I came on as bar manager there. Did that for a little while. And then I was um, offered a job elsewhere in a, in a group role. So it was kind of one of those things I had to take to go in the direction that I wanted to. Um, had a good chat with James at the time. And he was like, you know, you totally have to take that. It's something I can't offer you right now. But, you know, one day mm. in the future when the group does expand and it will, um, you know, I'll, I'll hit you up. And lo and behold, he, he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> he very much stayed true to his word. <laughs> yeah, so it came, came back, you know, full circle to start off as the GM uh, for the new venue called Culture Newtown, and then once that kind of settled down a little bit, you know, moved into the the group role that um, that I'm in now. Mm. And so, what was it about uh, this group in particular that made you want to come back and and work for them? You know, come get back in after yeah. being in another role. Um, I mean, lots of things really. It's James. James is a very like he's one of the most brilliant operators I've worked with, um, and I think that definitely shows in you know his. I guess our strengths and successes through, you know, troubling times like, like lockdowns and yeah. COVID and restrictions and, you know, um, looking at like the Oxford Tavern as an example, like that venue just went from strength to strength during lockdown. Um, yeah, like we, were right. doing, we were doing better figures some weeks in lockdown than we were in, in regular trade. You're joking. Um, yeah, no, he was, um, yeah, we were hiring how, people. At, how, how, was that, how was that achieved? How'd you do that? Um, it's look, it's always had a really strong local following. Um, it's in a really good spot. Um, and just kind of just outside the, you know, hustle and bustle of, you know, Newtown King street in a West, but yeah. Um, it's, it's just an iconic venue. That's, that's that the locals and, um, the area loves and likes to, you know, support. So, mm. you know, when we, we just basically said, you know, we'll bring the pub to you. We'll pour your tap beer. We'll cook your schnitzels and palmies and, you know, margaritas, smashing out heaps of margaritas, picklebacks, <laughs> plenty of picklebacks. Picklebacks, um, yeah? Yeah, yeah, heaps of Jeez. picklebacks to your door. Um, My goodness. So, yeah, it just went bananas. The pickleback just won't die, will it? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, and, yeah, we've got two venues that are very um, iconic when it comes to pickleback, the Duke as well. The little yeah. neon at the front. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, yeah, it was pretty amazing to see the kind of the support um from the local community during during such a rough time, and yeah, we were like, all right, we need to hire some more people. We need people to to to, to ride this stuff over to all the all the yeah. locals. Um, so yeah, that's definitely like yeah, it's I think he's, he's he's a brilliant operator, and he looks to hire the right people as well. Like he, he surrounds himself with the right people, not to toot my own horn, but um, yeah, 
we do have a very you know special group of people in head office and and and, and all the managers and all the casuals like I've, I've never been more proud to work with a, um, a group of people what was it what was it like opening odd culture that opened earlier this year was this uh, year, right? October last year, actually, yeah. Okay, see, I get confused. Yeah. This, this whole <laughs> pandemic thing, you know? I know, it's wild. <laughs> I, yeah. me- I remember speaking to you about it. What was it like opening that venue coming out of uh, out of the pandemic years? Well, we're still in them, but out of the lockdown years. Was there anything that you had to do differently this time around to, as, a, as opposed to sort of other venue opens you've done? Um, it's, it's hard to say. Every venue is so different and unique and every opening is so just chaotic and, and weird and wonderful. <laughs> um, you know, it's always like a, a race to the, the finish line. Like it's, you know, if you said you're going to open on the, the first, the, the, the 15th or the 30th, like it's always going to be, you know, last minute yeah. rushing around, you know, painting walls and yeah. sweeping up debris and, you know, yeah. um, it's, it, it's hard to say. Like we, we opened just after the old like double backs, everyone can go out again. So right. It was a pretty like exciting time to open because obviously everyone was stoked to get out again. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, everyone was thirsty. Of, <laughs> yes, very thirsty. It's a good time to open a venue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it was it was there was lots going on. We we did like push back the opening a couple of weeks so we could get at least the other pubs sorted because it's like all right, right. it's just the, the other pubs there. Everyone's you know every pub's going to be full, and you know that that first day it was you know twelve o'clock on the dot. It was you know in chockers. Yeah. Um, so we kind of wanted to get through that initial crazy rush and then, you know, go through the next crazy rush of, you know, the, the new, the new bar, the new restaurant, the new cafe where, you know, we knew everything, I guess at the time. Yeah. Um, look, it was, it was interesting because it was the first venue that we'd, we'd opened without, you know, a previous trade. There was, you know, the old fits, the Duke, like it was already an established pub yeah. venue that existed in some way, shape or form. Right. So you kind of have mm. a reference point. You've kind of, you get you get the idea, um, and what we were trying to do with odd culture, or what, are, what we are doing rather, um, yeah, it was quite unique to us, and I think to a lot of people, and you know, the sense of a an all day all day space that you know serves coffee, breakfast, lunch, dinner, bottles of wine, cocktails, tap beer, anything from you know a, a schooner of rushes to a you know imperial stout from you know um, Estonia, like it's just you know everything, yeah, um, lots going on. Yeah, it's odd. Kind of, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, bar service downstairs, table service upstairs, um, doing a lot. So opening was definitely, it was it was a challenge, um, that's for sure. I mean, all venue, all venue openings are challenging, but this one's definitely a challenge because it was just mm. lots of moving parts. But mm. I think what made it successful was just, you know, the people. Um, like we just have such a strong team and, and not just, not just the people, um, not just our front of house casuals or management, but everyone from, you know, head office down. It's, it's, yeah, it's mm. a pretty special, special group to work for, I think. What, what kind of hours were you sort of pulling? What sort of, what was the workload like for you? What, it, can you explain to people what that, what's that, that feeling is like? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something it's, it's, it's very hard to kind of, put, I, I think the more, some people, some people really love opening venues and they, you know, they always put their hand up to do it because it's just, it's totally kind of like going into battle for a few, few months or whatever. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And you definitely see, like I've done a few different venue openings on, you know, on every end, whether it's, you know, as a 
front of house casual bartender as general manager yeah. as you know whatever it may be and they're all different they all have their own challenges and stresses you know when you're a bartender you're worried about you know have i done enough prep of what my station said is you know you've got different yeah. i guess stresses which you know um they just yeah they're different than let's say um you know making sure that the till's set up properly and you've got all your printer cues set up you know the, yeah. and it happens you know it's like oh yeah um you know you see your first few tables and then no dockets come out and you go well okay um yeah look it's 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 it is really exciting like at the end of the day I'm, I'm looking forward to many more venue openings and whether or not like it's it's not something I can I can probably handle every couple of weeks or a couple of months. Like it's like a bit of space in between definitely helps to decompress and um, yeah. just let yourself breathe for a moment. Um, and yeah, some people handle it differently than others. Obviously, like any stresses. Um, and then yeah, there's definitely got the people that I guess are fiends for opening, and you know they'll pop up at lots of lots of new venues uh, very yeah. often, uh, and that's cool too. You know, like it's yeah. it is, there's there's definitely a, a level of excitement with you know um opening a new venue that does fade over time um mm. and not to say that you know venues aren't exciting if they're not new it's it's just a different kind of atmosphere it's like going on holidays you know it's that feeling when you yeah. wake up you know and your bags are packed and you're about to go to the airport that's that kind of same energy yeah um and yeah it's like definitely an energy to feed off and, and you you want that energy when people walk through those doors for the first time and sure you know um look at it you know see of staff with big grins or Maybe, maybe not all of them, maybe some people uh, may, may not have the biggest smile in the world on the first day. It's, yeah, like I said, it's a lot to deal with, but yeah, the yeah. excitement's like, yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it takes a certain type of person to really love it. Um, you guys have also, I mean, with the Duke of Benmore and the Oxford Tavern, those have, I mean, Oxford Tavern's the most recent one to go under a remodeling and sort of come up with a new yeah. offering. Uh, the Duke of Edmore got retooled as well. Yeah. What, how is that? different to what are you going to do to sort of not fully rebrand i guess but like sort of because these are local local businesses but how, how do you approach that task of coming up with a new offering but whilst also trying to keep i guess the locals happy totally that's the uh that's the million dollar question <laughs> um yeah it's it's, it's i guess that's why you get paid right <laughs> yeah totally yeah um, look it's yeah the 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 duke like they're all yeah again they're all different beasts and they all you know had their strengths and weaknesses from before we took them on right um mm. you have to kind of obviously it's it's there's definitely a reason that you know they didn't work out the way that i guess previous operators you know um thought they would um, whether yeah. or not that's you know out of someone's control like covid lockdowns mm. you know there, there's there's a, there's a lot of different reasons, reasons. yeah mm. um doing the exact same thing obviously is probably not the best idea you kind of need to not just for your own sake um but you know put your own stamp on it is um is mm. very important but yeah holding on to that why people still like you have to remember like people still love those venues right like when the venues close and there's you know outcry you know uh, which you know that place isn't closed you don't want to kind yeah. of take that away from someone um especially like a local boozer like the oxford tavern in a pretty suburban area that yeah you know people have known for decades um but even just like the the old fits like that pub's been there forever and that has one of the strongest local followings mm. i've ever seen um yeah. and that you know that was a very like i think at the end like with that particular pub we we spoke with the locals that they've, they've had things that they've They've got a locals discount. They've got a locals table. Um, you know, there, there there are many things that we do for, for these guys and girls, and um, they're they're all um, they've been coming there for, for decades, right? Uh, mm. 
and they'll be they'll be going there for longer than you know even potentially where they're like it's yeah it's um you know they're part of the part of the furniture um yeah. but yeah well, let's, talk about, let's talk about the oxford tavern so because that's sure. the most recent one yeah what what was it like before and what have you guys done to make it different now sure um just so people understand yeah sure so oxford tavern in its heyday was um you know uh had dancers, <laughs> I guess that's just <laughs> the best, best way to put this. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it had a, I guess, a grungier past. Um, yeah. And yeah, so the layout for one has always been a bit, how you going? Um, you know, a big <laughs> island bar that comes out right into the middle of the room. And, um, mm. You know, it doesn't really serve the purpose of serving many drinks quickly. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's more of a like, show bar, right? Yeah, that's, the, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yes, that's the one. <laughs> um, so the main thing we did, or one of the main things we did rather, was redesign that entire bar for um, efficiency, speed of service, and just to make better drinks out of. Uh, we were pretty yeah. limited in the, in what we could do with the original setup. Um, yeah, not just in in product, but seating people. Um, you'd be surprised like when we ripped that bar out, how much space it just opened up that room was just yeah, right. unreal. Um, so that was a big part of it. Um, the concept overall, um, like we, we, it's still a pub and we didn't want again, we didn't want to alienate any locals. You still want to be able to come in and have a, have a schooner of brushes or a glass of wine and a, a palmy or some, something in that realm. Yeah. Um, but just kind of elevated pub offering, I suppose. Um, yep. that's kind of what we do across the board. It's, you know, we still want to have, we still want to feel like we're in a pub. We still want to be, yep. you know, we just want to chill out, but have, you know, good food and booze. It's well, just, people you know, tend to expect that these days in pubs, right? Totally. The, sta- totally. the standard has gone up. It's not just, the standard's definitely know. gone up. It's, it's finding the middle ground as well. That that's somewhat difficult. Like you don't want to, again, you, better, you know, better produce costs more money, obviously. Um, yeah. but there's still a kind of, you know, expectation that certain things sit in a, particular price range right. um so kind of managing that is you know a task in itself um you know it's we kind of always talk about the the schooner test where you know if you go into a pub and you you buy a schooner you pay either cash or card or whatever it may be now yeah. uh, and you walk away and you don't think about how much you've been charged it's past the schooner test right you okay know, when you when you tap your card and you have to double take and go Okay, right. It's it's kind of you know failed the schooner test, and obviously things are changing at the moment now. Sorry. Yeah, like like if you're having a beer at the uh, at the footy at the SCG or something. Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Big fail. Um, So you know we're you know that's something we're navigating at the moment with you know CPI increases and. So um, how 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 do you work that out though? Like, is it? I mean, are you doing any research with? with punters or you, you getting their feedback or is it just sort of a gut feel from head office? I think it's definitely like there's de- part of it is gut feel. You know, we all go to pubs and we all, you know, drink schooners and we kind of go, this is, you know, I think this is the direction that we're going in. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we kind of need to make a decision for ourselves and, and um, not wait, not, not be reactive rather. Right. Um, we don't want to kind of turn around and see our margins go to shit and, um, you know, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. well, you know, we, why didn't, how didn't we see this coming? Well, you did. <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of, yeah, we, we, we do need to kind of set a standard, like people will be paying more for things across the board full stop. Um, yeah. and realistically, I don't think we can, um, we shouldn't be selling ourselves short. Um, of it's, course it's, it's a weird yeah. conversation where you kind of go, well, things cost, you know, X amount more now. Is it fair for us to pass on that? that cost to the guest. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, like you kind of have to, it's a business at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, but it is finding that balance of, you know, if there are certain products that can kind of hold a bit more weight um, and, you know, keep that, like, let's say, you know, Reshes is the one thing that, you know, across the group, we kind of keep at a certain price point because it's like at the end of the day, if you want to come in and have something really cool and challenging and interesting, you're more than mm. welcome to, you know, spend a few more bucks on a really cool beer or wine or whatever it may be. But yeah. if you just want to hang out and have a Reshes, then do that. Yeah. Rush's has really become that beer of New South Wales again, hasn't it? A hundred percent, and I'm yeah. all for it. It's so yeah, good. We've even, yeah, we've done a little Rush's mural in our restaurant upstairs at Odd Culture. It's, um, yeah. it's, 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 it's special. Like it's just got such a cool like heritage feel to it, and and it's just a delicious beer. So I'm yeah. yeah. Uh, so why do you do what you do? What is the thing about uh, this role that uh, I guess keeps you interested and gets you out of bed and going to work every morning? Sure. Um, I mean, definitely. Like I. I love, uh, I love working with these people. Um, it's just, we just have such an amazing group of people and I love walking into the office and, 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 and seeing my like, coworkers every day. Like I know that sounds really, um, yeah. uh, sounds a bit like a, a cop out answer. <laughs> um, but well, no, the, culture, like the culture of any sort of employment is, is important, right? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it's something we definitely have a big focus on here. Um, people and culture is a, is a huge focus for us moving forward and creating um, we, we, uh, one, one term we like to use is, you know, sustainable hospitality um, in a right. sense of we've all, we've all worked for um, other venues and groups in the past where you've, you know, expected to work 60, 70, 80 plus hours a week, yeah. um, you know, not have, you know, even just basic, you know, enough sleep or, you know, enough days off in a week, whatever it may be, um, yeah. where that's not sustainable and that's not how we want to kind of operate. And um, there's a reason that I guess a lot of people, especially, you know, during lockdowns and COVID have, have decided to exit hospitality because mm. they're like, hey, that's, that, that's not fun. <laughs> like it's, it's not what we kind of got in this for and, and it's, it's unreasonable to expect that out of anyone and it, it definitely yeah. takes its toll over time. There was this attitude that pulling these crazy hours was like a, a – a badge of honor that you had to wear totally. to, to get a thing. And I, I came up through that sort of that sort of system. And yeah. you get to the end of it, you realize it's possibly not the best way for people to no. be living their lives, right? No. They shouldn't um, be ground down into dust. You no, know, you want to build them up and support them. Yeah. hundred percent. Build them up is exactly right. You know, offering um, career progression and training programs and things, that's mm. gonna, things that are going to make you better, not just, you know, run you into the ground and then you wonder why people are burnt out or drinking too much or not eating well or going to the yeah. gym in the morning or like, you know, just living their lives or having even personal relationships. Um, like it's hard to maintain that when um, you just have this, you know, I guess, you know, toxic culture of, um, yeah, just, just pushing pushing people to, to breaking point. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a lot. So well, it's not very hospitable, is it? You know, no, exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. No, so like that's definitely a big reason that I, I I enjoy at least my role now with with this group is there's a big focus on that. Um, yeah. I mean, the other thing like, I I love working with booze. I love working with cool wine. I love working with cool beers and and try, like I get to try you know so much interesting stuff all day every day uh, and get paid for it, which is. I guess the cool. dream, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, is, is that your favorite sort of aspect of the job, like the the tastings and, and working out that stuff? It's definitely one of them. Like it's, I, you know, I get to meet, you know, winemakers. Um, I get to just try, you know, products before everyone else, which is, you know, always exciting. Um, yeah. Look, it's 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 definitely something I enjoy a lot of. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, it's 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 a big part of it. Um, but I do also really like the operational side of things. Like I think I, I, I really enjoy, you know, 
stock control and auditing and finding problems in POS systems. And, um, yeah, right. Uh, do you, I, I do do you like nerd out on that a bit? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Um, you love it, a spreadsheet? I, I, I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets, formulas given to me all day. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's why I, I love this role. It's, it's all of the above. It's, you know, working mm. with people and building culture. It's, um, it's numbers, it's, it's creative, it's, it's everything. Um, yeah. and I can kind of, um, manage that kind of, I guess, division myself, which is quite nice. Like there is a, a you know, a level of autonomy that I have in this role that I haven't had before. Right. Uh, and where do you think you, you've been set up to be able to execute that sort of level of autonomy? Are you someone throughout your career, you found it pretty easy to manage yourself? Cause it's not always the easiest thing. Some people work better with a bit more direction. Some people don't. Totally. Um, I think I, I, I find I, I work well autonomously. Like if I just, and I've learned how to be better at that over time, right? And it's whether or not yeah. it's writing a list, setting reminders, um, you know, prioritize, like actually putting on paper your priorities in a list, not just kind of having this abstract, like, you know, get to this eventually, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. living, living in an email inbox and, um, you know, just kind of catching things as they arise. Um, yeah. I've definitely gotten better that way, like at that over time, um, surrounding myself with people that are, you know, good at that. Um, like our group general manager, um, Dan, who just came on board is a whiz when it comes to, um, task management, um, which I've really right. enjoyed, um, getting my head, getting my head around, yeah. um, you know, different task management programs like ClickUp and, and whatnot have, has definitely been a bit of a game changer. Uh, last one for you is where do you, where do you want to see this hospitality career of yours go? Where, what's the, is there, a, there's a, we're talking about priorities before, uh, what, sure. what would be the sort of the end goal for. The Jordan Blackman. Yeah, wow. Um, it's it's, <laughs> it's the last it's question. Say, it has to yeah. be a big question. <laughs> it has to. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> that's a lot. So, really, I mean, I was I was actually thinking about this earlier. I mean, I I set myself, you know, some goals pretty early on, and one of those goals was to be in a role like this. Actually, quite early on, learning, you know, from people like you know Jason Williams at Keystone, and going, you know, that's the kind of thing I want to be doing. I want something yeah. that's gonna not only challenge me, but be quite dynamic and, and not only just, yeah, working with people, but working with cool product and, and yeah, with spreadsheets and numbers and being, um, you know, that operational side of things as well. Yeah. Um, and I've been lucky enough to kind of achieve, achieve that. Um, yeah, I, I honestly probably didn't expect to achieve it <laughs> at all, <laughs> let alone yeah, like, yeah, somewhat early on. Um, so I well, think, there's, not, you know, there's not many of these jobs around, right? Where you're walking across a number of businesses yeah, there's not heaps of yeah. no, no. I mean, you could probably you know walk outside and fall over a restaurant manager job at the moment. There's that <laughs> available, but not not too much of this. Um, yeah, which yeah, like I don't take it lightly. I'm 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 very um, I'm not only very proud but very grateful to be given the opportunity. Um, so yeah, mm. realistically, I I I don't know. That's probably had. <laughs> I don't know what my end goal is. I'm kind of. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the, the trajectory that I'm on. Um, yeah. and I think realistically what I want to do is kind of just continue to grow with this group and there's, you know, many more things on the horizon, um, with these guys, you know, we've got mm. a venue opening in Melbourne in a couple of months. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so another odd culture, uh, down there, which is pretty exciting. Whereabouts? Um, in is this public knowledge yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't say t I can't say too much because it's still um, it's still before council. Um, right. But it's it's, okay. it's 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 almost there. I think um, 
hopefully by October, give or take. Oh, it's already end of August. Maybe October, yeah. November. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bit more going on there, a few more venues to, to, to open up, and uh, there's lots of growth and opportunity uh, mm. just within the group alone. So I'm kind of here for the ride, to be honest. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Well, Jordan, it's been a pleasure to catch up and talk to you. Thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Jordan, and thanks to you for listening. As always, if you like what you hear, please give us a review in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you get yours. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.